0: Hello and welcome to this episode of What the Fuck Did She Just Say? Um, today I'm really called to share with you um, a little bit of the grieving process and how I manage it. Um, I am probably in the peak of a bit of um, grief at the moment It is our son's sixth birthday next week, and I really find that this time of year actually does trigger and bring up a lot of grief. So a little bit bit of a backstory, if this is the first podcast of mine that you are listening to, I am Cassandra Barry, and this is What the Fuck Did She Just Say? A podcast um, for badass women uh, to share what needs to be shared. Um, And in December, sorry, in November 2015, um, I was 30 weeks pregnant with my son, Franklin, and my husband, Glenn, passed away. He was 26 and he went to sleep. Um, on November 8th and never woke up again and so that has what has brought me to you know to today and to sharing this with you guys here and my experience of living with grief for the past six years now. I had an experience earlier this week actually um, I had to go and get some new uniforms for my son he starts grade one this year and last year he was in prep and the uniform was slightly different and so we went into the uniform shop and he got the more formal uniform and he's so excited about school and he put his little uniform on and he just looks in the mirror and goes Mum, i look so good in this like just so confident and so adorable and Then I had to get some other bits and pieces. Um, And one, it's the experience of the uniforms costing so much money. I am the sole provider for our family. Um, So that adds to, you know, stress, obviously. I know there's plenty of families out there like that, but just sharing. Um, And then it's also those little moments where that little quirky personality comes out or when Franklin is so excited about something and I just really want that person to be able to message and be like, oh my God, he just did this or, you know, snap a photo and send it to, you know, send it to his dad. Um, So that really triggered some grief in me earlier this week. Um, I went into Coles and I had like somewhat of a panic attack because it just hit me um, really hard I walked out of Kohls with a bag of spinach and a <laughs> bag of Cheerio. <laughs> it's a little Frankfurt sausages. Um, we don't even really eat them, <laughs> but I was just in such an like not okay state that that's what I grabbed and I just walked out because I just felt like I needed to grab something. But anyways, um, I had a big cry. I reached out to a girlfriend and she basically just said, no worries, I'll be over in an hour. She ended up coming over and basically she just sat in my house. I did my dishes while just venting and ranting. I folded washing while venting and ranting. She sat here in my office with me and I got some work done and some tidying up done. And she just sat here and she was just present. She was doing some of her own work and checking her emails and working on her phone and, and things like that. So she, she was still being productive in this space, but she just sat here and just her presence was enough to help me through that process. So that's what brings me into what I want to share with you guys today about grief um, and how I manage it um, and the roller coaster that has come with it. Uh, it's different every time. And it comes at you in different moments. It comes at you when you just didn't even think it was even possible. Um, It doesn't give a fuck where you are or who you're with. If grief wants to come knocking, she will come knocking. And she won't even actually knock, to be honest. She'll just open that fucking front door and be like, bitch, I am here. And it's time for you to feel some fucking feels. I'm feeling the feels right now, actually, and that's okay. When it comes to grief, one thing that I have learned, I think this is what's going to make me sad here. One thing I have learned over the years is to be mindful on who you share your grief with. And that is not discrediting any of your loved ones or your friends that have supported you. And that's very much for me. It's not discrediting anyone that has loved or supported me or been there and guided me through or held my hand or, you know, made me food or was just there during the process right like everyone that has helped or contributed or messaged in any way whatsoever i am so extremely grateful for the help that you've given me in the capacity that you could give it to me but one thing that i have learned is you have to be really conscious on who you share your grief with because there are sometimes there are people and as much as you love them and you Want to share and you want them to understand, they're just not going to, and they're not going to know how to respond. And it's not up to them to have to know that, it's not up to them to have to understand or to be emotionally equipped to support you. That's where you have to be conscious on who you reach out to. I have particular people that I will reach out to when I am in particular states. And as in emotional states, not as in like states in the country. <laughs> and that's because some of my friends just don't know how to support me. So if I reach out to them and let them know that I'm struggling or I'm upset or I'm lonely their words actually can sometimes make me more frustrated and more lost and that is not on them that is not on them that is the fact that at the time their version and their way of supporting me was not what i needed and you eventually learn as you're going through the grieving process the kind of support that you do and don't need. And then that's when you determine the kind of people that you reach out to and the things that you go and do. Like sometimes for me, what I do need is a big ass crowd of people, drinks, loud music and sort of having a good time, you know, like the whole, the sort of like just distract myself and and party hard and just shift the energy that way. Not party too hard. I'm getting fucking old for that and (laughs) COVID can't really go anywhere. (laughs) Um, but then sometimes I actually really do need that support of somebody who can actually have a very emotionally charged conversation and one, not be triggered by it themselves, or they can just listen without interrupting and without trying to fix things. And I know that now as I'm saying these things, you're already beginning to think about people in your life that are like this. And again, this does not mean that you can't share with everyone that's important to you how you're feeling because at the end of the day, that's actually the most fucking important part is that you express that you are not doing okay. And you know what? Sometimes as well when you're not doing okay you just want to be alone that is okay but you still need to just let someone know hey I'm not doing okay I'm just gonna chill but can you check in on me later and then you have like professional support or then you have support from people that have either been in the same situation as you um or are going through the same situation because I have a couple of friends that have experienced the loss of their husband um, and it's on different levels and in different scenarios in different times and, and, and things like that and they can understand and comprehend a little bit more on what I'm going through and I feel as well someone who's been in that same situation can kind of comprehend what you do and don't need at the time because they've experienced it themselves however their experience is still going to be extremely different to you so you can't always um you know share or connect exactly how you thought you might because you're still a different person it was still your own experience so we've already covered a couple of things there like be mindful on who you're sharing with because some of your friends they're amazing and they love you and they support you and they're always there for you but sometimes when you reach out they just don't give you what you want like for example I've had a couple of situations where I've reached out to a couple of friends and I'm just like oh my god I'm so fucking lonely and, you know, sometimes their reply was just like, but you're so strong and you're this and, you know, it'll be right. And I'm like, that's that's just not the response that I wanted. Like I didn't want you to respond and tell me that I'm strong and that I'd be okay. I wanted you to respond and say, I'll be there in five minutes. I will spend time with you so you're not lonely. <laughs> um, but again, as well, then that comes back to what I'm going to finish this podcast with too because it's a the theme of my week. And then we come to, like, your inner circle. So, for example, your family, you know. So, for me, my husband passed away. My son never got to meet his father. My in-laws lost a child. Um, you know, my brother-in-law lost a brother, my mother-in-law lost a son, my father-in-law lost a son, you know what I mean? So there was that, that connection there. And then for my family, you know, like my family, my parents, they lost a son, you know, my siblings, they lost a brother. Um, and I lost my best friend, my soulmate, my lover, my husband. So sometimes in this situation, when I am grieving and really when I'm in the thick of it, Reaching out to my family doesn't always help. I definitely let them know, um, to be honest, if you've met me, you know if I'm in a fucking bad mood (laughs) or if I'm not doing okay. But especially, like, my mum. I love my mum. She's the most amazing woman ever, um, and she is so helpful through so fucking much. But sometimes when I go to my mum in a heightened emotional state because I have been triggered and I'm grieving it actually then triggers grief in her so rather than sitting and being able to support and nurture me she goes into a grieving process herself and she matches my emotional state which isn't helpful um but that's what she that's how she can manage it that's how she can you know experience her grief that's how it is for her so i know that if i'm needing that full-on support i love my mom but it's not ideal for me to go to her in the thick of it um i always go to her at the end of it when i've kind of started to process it and work through it um and then that way it doesn't sort of impact everyone because then it's a flow-on effect and again i'm not saying hold back and don't tell people and don't go to people because you're concerned about them i am just sharing from experience that to get the best outcome for myself there are some people that i don't share the heightened emotion with um, I will come to them after the process or I'll come to them before knowing that I'm about to really sort of sink into the shit. I us going, look, I'm just not gonna, you know, be functional <laughs> in a couple of minutes. <laughs> um, or at the end of going. I just wanted to let you know, it's just been really rough. I'm at the other side of it now, or, you know, I'm processing it. Um, please just, you know, support me the best way that you can and then sometimes as well it can be the people that are closest to it because they are processing it and for them to know that they're not the only one feeling it is helpful for them my mother-in-law is one person that i um call often and she can talk me through it. She will still get upset, but she can talk me through it. But she's also done a lot of other work even prior to my husband passing. She has um, really strengthened her own um, mindset and mental state with work that she's been doing. So I think that really did help her leading up to this. And again, I don't want to speak for my mother-in-law, you know, that's not my place. But I, again, have found that when I call her, she can talk me through a bit of the process um, and is, is really helpful in that way. Um, and then I have, again, particular friends that I know that I can go to and will react and respond differently. So create your list, essentially. Categorize the people into a list And into a manageable um, what am I trying to say you know create your (laughs) um, your index of people and what state you can reach out to them (laughs) in I don't want this to sound like you know harsh or rude it's just fucking facts you know like you don't go to Woolies to buy fucking, you know, a designer handbag. So there's some people in your life that you don't go to when you are in the peak of your emotional fucking grieving, chaotic stress, right? You know, you just, you have your spaces and your people that will help you when you're in the particular spaces and moments in time, right? Then another thing as well that I know has worked and with grieving and stress is just allowing yourself and acknowledging that you're in it and you're actually grieving. You'll be in a completely different, you'll be in a different state. There's all different levels. We know there's anger, there's sadness, there's you know, a depressive state, there's frustration, there's acceptance, there's there's all your different levels of grief, right? And you just need to acknowledge, am I grieving? Or am I just in a fucking bad mood? Did something trigger me and bring on a grief moment? Or am I just pissed off because there's something happening in the world? And for me, I find once I can determine whether it's I'm just in a fucking bad mood because, you know, I stubbed my toe or hang on, this was actually triggered by this moment and it is actually related to my grief. Then I know how to process it because sometimes, you know, if you're in a bad mood because you stubbed your fucking toe, it's a bit of a harden the fuck up and get on with your day. Um, If you actually are in a moment where you've been triggered and you're grieving, um, the process or grieving the person or the moment or the situation, um, there's a different way to deal with that, obviously. So for me, when I'm going in my moment, so let's use this week's example of the uniforms and stuff. I then just sat back and I was just like, well, you know what? Okay. I'm actually just going to talk to Glenn and I'll just be like, oh my God, our son is so cute. He's so excited. He's so happy for school. Um, and I'll just communicate, I'll have a conversation with him. Um, and that helps me then process through it, gets the words out of my head, gets the process out of my head and essentially allows the grieving process to continue rolling. Otherwise it can sort of get stuck. Um, and then you're just like, why am I sad? Oh, because my husband's dead. Yeah. Well, no shit. You know, like, of course there's a totally valid reason to be sad, but You need to break it down. You need to figure out what it is. Because if you're going to be sad because your husband's dead, then you're going to be sad every motherfucking day for the rest of your fucking life. Whereas I broke it down. I figured out what the trigger was, which was Franklin and the school uniforms. And then I was able to then process it, you know, because grief is, process a bull it doesn't go away but you can live and work with it all right so clearly the universe actually just interrupted that whole um, (laughs) train of thought and conversation piece there Franklin just smashed a couple of glasses and I just had to go and deal with that so that actually now brings me to this point (laughs) as well and again um, what I was saying before is like it's like determining whether it is grief or, you know, just another emotional state. Because I think sometimes as well, like um for me over the years, I'll have a moment and I'm like, oh, it's just because, you know, it's because she's grieving or it's because it's this. It's like, well, no, it's not. It's actually because this person over here actually just fucked me over or my business just did this or this just happened or I just made this mistake or I just did this, like, So sometimes people just sort of always chalk it down because they're like, they know that you are, you know, grieving or, you know, have lost a loved one or whatever. They're just like, oh, it's just because of this. It's like, no, it's not just because of that. I'm actually still just a human and I do actually have other emotional experiences and I do actually have other mental health things that sort of come up and and whatever, you know, like you can't just chalk everything down to fucking being grief. But as the person processing grief, you yourself need to be able to categorize and know when it is and when it's not um especially because like you know you have we have these moments like I know like you know I could just have a moment where I'm just absolutely fucking exhausted and I'm laying in bed and I'm alone and I'm just like oh my god like I'm sick of fucking being alone I'm sick of fucking getting into bed on my own and not having anyone to sort of cuddle and give a kiss goodnight and then that will you know trigger a small moment but see in that context that is grief that has been triggered by you know loneliness which is part of grieving other times there'll be moments where I'm just like Franklin has just been doing my head in and um I'm tired and angry and frustrated and then it'll start moving into sometimes a space of the angry period with grief um, towards Glenn. But when I actually sit back, I'm like, no, actually, it actually had nothing to do with Glenn. It wasn't triggered by his death. It was triggered by the fact that I'm a mum and my child was being a fucking child. So I can then turn around and go, okay, well, I can actually manage that. I know that it's because I'm tired or my child's frustrating me. So how can I manage that? And that's, okay, can someone look after Franklin or giving him something else to do or taking some time out and walking away from him for a moment. So it's knowing and understanding whether it actually is a full-on blown grieving process or whether it actually is just a life moment. That has been one of the biggest key things that has helped me to get through these periods and is to help me stay away from those days of deep, dark depression and not doing anything. Don't fucking get me wrong, I've definitely had those days and last year there was weeks on end where I struggled to get myself out of bed. I was really in a peak of despair and what some of us in the industry will call shadow work and going into the depths of the feelings and the processing of, for me, really actually finally grieving and feeling into the death of my husband. And that was triggered because I started... I'm not going to really call it dating, you know, you know but I, I started seeing people um, and had sort of had in my head that that was going to be, you know, the process. So that actually triggered a lot of stuff, um, which I'm actually really grateful for um, because it then started that snowball effect. And then another trigger point was Franklin starting prep. So Franklin starting school and it was the school that Glenn and I both went to it was just a very, very big milestone. Um, And also Franklin getting to the age where he doesn't quite need me as much as he did in his earlier years. So then actually having more time on my hands to feel. And again, that's just one of the key things. You have to let yourself fucking feel it you have to cry you have to get angry you have to get frustrated and i'm going to be honest you sometimes have to have those depressing days where you just can't get the fuck out of bed and you don't you can't figure out the feelings and the emotions and and things like it's all part of the process and i truly feel until you process and go through all of those things you can't get to the other side of your grieving process experiencing those things does not mean you've finished grieving because you will grieve the loss of that person for the rest of your fucking life you do not get over it you do not move on from it you simply learn to live with it it is just part of your day today I don't think that it gets, I don't like the terminology, it gets easier, because I don't think that it gets easier. I oh, <laughs> I knew I was going to get emotional with this, with this one, but, you know, this is the reality. <laughs> um, I don't think it gets easier. I don't think it hurts any less. I just have found that it just doesn't hang around for as long you also start to learn your triggers and you start to understand how to manage them how to um lessen them if possible um you just have more of an awareness and an acceptance of it you know, like we know if you break a bone, you go to the doctors, they put it in a cast. So you, as you grieve throughout the years, you just learn the best remedy for you and you begin to understand and regulate your emotions and your reactions and your responses better. Like I said at the start, you you slowly learn to know who to call in the moments You slowly learn to understand what it is you need in each moment and how much of it you need and who you need it from and when you need it and how long you're going to need it for and things like that. So it just becomes, (laughs) it sounds fucked up, but it almost becomes a routine because it just becomes a part of your life. you have to manage there's nothing you can do to avoid it and you don't want to i i think i really get a lot of power from my grieving and i know that probably sounds fucked up but i really do find that after i've been through a process i've learnt something more about myself or I've learned something more about somebody important in my life who was able to come and help me. <sighs> I told you guys at the start I was in the peak of grief. And so for me, I know August is my birthday. And that sparks a moment for me. and. Honestly, that's just because I think right now in this time, being a mum as well, <laughs> there's no one that makes my birthday special for me. Um. Yes, of course, my family, you know, we have a cake and we do that. We do the family thing, but we do that for fucking everyone. Um. Whereas, like, you know, when you have that partner or that person or that loved one, like, for me, you know, Gwen would make my birthday special you know there would always be there would just be things that we would do um anyway so my birthday is one of them so that's august september's pretty chill um then october we have the anniversary of oh actually august is my birthday and our anniversary as well then we have um september not really anything october is when he proposed then we come to november and it is the month that he passed. Then we come to December and it's Christmas and that can always be a bit rough. Then we come to January. January is a new year. It is um Franklin's birthday. Um, It's in the passing. My uncle passed the day Franklin was born. Um, And then Franklin starts school in January. So every year, you know, like it's a pretty big thing. And then come February, February is actually when we got married. So (laughs) there's that chunk of the year where I have a trigger point every fucking month. But as time has gone on, I'm learning how to manage it because I know it's fucking coming. I know it's coming. And I'm okay with it coming. But that doesn't make it any less harder when you're in it. So, like I said previously it's it's creating your index of moments, your index of people um and allowing yourself and preparing yourself in the best way that you can for these moments in time and then there will be, and I guarantee you, and I'm sorry, but it's going to happen, there will be random triggers throughout. Your days, your life, moments in time, no matter where you are or who you're with or what you're fucking doing, that something will come up. It could be a flash of an image in your mind. It could be a sound. It could be a smell. It could be a task. It could be a fucking car. It could could be fucking anything that will trigger it. I will have... I used to have daily triggers. I'm probably now down to like once or twice a week. But there's been periods as well where I couldn't even look at my son. He was a trigger. Like, do you know how fucked that is as a mum to not be able to look at your child? Because it upset you and hurt that fucking much. But again, I learned how to manage it. I learned how to figure that out. and I just allowed myself, I didn't beat myself up for it once I understood what was going on. And I just accepted that, that 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 was the fact. And to be honest, mothering is a whole other fucking podcast. So I think I'll leave you with that. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot of emotions. Um, I need to go have a cry. <laughs> Have a good cry. I'm actually feeling a little aggressive, so I'm gonna go and have a bit of a scream into a pillow, a bit of a shake out and shift the energy, otherwise I will take it out on other people (laughs) whoever I cross paths with today. (laughs) Acceptance is key. Acceptance and awareness. Learn to accept that not everybody will understand. Learn to accept that not everybody will be able to help you in the way that you need to be helped in the moment. And create awareness for yourself around how you can best manage those moments and those triggers. Create awareness around the people and the things that you do and don't say. And by all means, do not hold back. Like if I happen to be, you know, around my mum and I am and I'm crying and it's intense and I just need to be near someone, that's fine. I'm gonna still go and be with my mum or be with those people who don't necessarily know exactly what to fucking do and that's okay. Not everyone's gonna know what to do but I don't hold myself back but I just don't expect a particular outcome from that person, and I don't get frustrated and angry if they couldn't say the right things or do what I needed at the time. Um, so definitely do not hold back. That is the hugest fucking thing, and we know within life do not fucking hold back, do not push things down because it never ends well. But just remember to feel let it be what it is there'll be moments that i'll be triggered and i just fucking laugh because that's how the emotion is shifting through me there'll be moments that i'm triggered and i will cry because that's how the emotions are shifting through me emotions are energy in motion we are all fucking energy and for us to keep going we just have to keep fucking moving so that's why we can pro- that's why we need to process the energy. So process the emotion. All right, I think I'm ranting now. <laughs> but thank you again for listening, and I really, really hope that my words have hit home in some way for some people. And grief doesn't just have to be because someone's passed away, because someone has left this earthly plane it could be a relationship it could be a career it could be a physical ability after i had my motorcycle accident in 2018 and had shoulder surgery my career as a hairdresser will never be the same again to be honest it's pretty much ended um so i grieved that i grieved oh, i'm gonna cry <laughs> i grieved 20 years of my life Because I couldn't be the person that I was. Now, (laughs) it's given me space to be the person that I'm here to be and to continue to be the healer that I was. I was a healer with scissors and a tin bowl. I'm now a healer on so many different levels. Um, (laughs) So that was a grieving process in itself. So this isn't just about death, that just happens to be the common denominator. But anyway, I love you and I thank you for taking the time to listen to my words. And please take the time to share this with anyone who you think it could help. Um, And please take the time to reach out and let me know how you felt during this listening experience. Or, you know, if you have any questions, I am an open book, as you know. My inboxes are always open and just be a badass. Live life with passion and purpose. I'll see you guys in the next episode.